be seated. When uh, Pastor Gillen called and, and asked if I would uh, speak today, I said, yes, sir. be happy to. I said, oh, by the way, do you have anything you want me to, any subjects that you want me to be on? He goes, well, you can do what you want. However, he said, you know, I have been talking about leaving the old life and moving to the new life, the old nature to the new nature. He said, I've been dealing with that. So if you want to do something along that line. And when he said that, I immediately felt like, wow, something just clicked in me. That's, that's a good subject. And I immediately had a thought, and I'll share it with you today. What I want to do right now is I want to ask God to help us. Lord, we need your help. In a very big way, Lord. This evil generation. We need you. We need clarity of thought. We need to know that you are speaking to us without a doubt. God, help us today in this time, this little bit of time we have, to have your wisdom and your direction. God, I pray that our eyes would be open as we look into Scripture, that we would have understanding, it would come to all of us, that there would be moments of inspiration, God, that we can carry into our lives in actual practice. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. In Jesus' name. I want to thank Sister Christy Turnbow for helping us out with these verses. Appreciate um, these people that do this. I try to remember them as I travel because they have to follow along with all of us, whatever we want to do or whatever we don't want to do. And so I do appreciate your help, Sister. Thank you so much. There is one verse that I just want her to put up, 2 Corinthians 5.17, then we'll go into some longer passages. But I'd like for us just to take a look at this first one that I've thought about that's been given to me today, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And when we look at this, we'll see some important information. So it's up. Paul said to the church at Corinth, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation or creature. You could also substitute the word creation. I think that requires us to actually pause and consider it. So if you're in Christ, if you're in Jesus Christ, you're what? A new creation. Now, is that really true? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Or are we just striving to be a new creature? Or can we actually say it? I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. Or do we think I'm moving toward being a new creature? 
I will. You have you have two thoughts on creation and evolution, you know, this creation and evolution in the world today. People that believe in God creating heaven and earth, we believe that he spoke. It's not so much we believe, <clears throat> we know that he spoke, and there it was. Evolutionists believe that there is a Big Bang, and everything evolved. Evolution. They said man comes from a little one-celled amoeba, and then it changed, became a tadpole, became a froggy, became a ape. In other words, ev- evolution is like this. Evolution says you have a starting point and you gradually become a man. Evolution versus creation process of evolution, a changing, a gradual changing to become, or God said, let there be, boom, where'd that come from? What kind of process is that? Cut down that tree. Count the rings. Why? There's 250 rings. How old is this tree? Well, 250 growing seasons. Would you believe God made it yesterday? The Bible says that God made trees. Boom. So if you cut it down, it must have age dating right in it. That's hard to believe. Didn't say God created seed. And from the seed, finally the world had trees. God created the grass, boom. Trees, boom. Everything. The worlds were framed by the word of God. I love talking about this because it's like teaching a a concept that is not even believed hardly in the world today. It's like brand new territory for a lot of people to understand that God spoke stuff into existence. He created man from the very earth of the ground. He took all the dust and the dirt and he forms it. The Bible actually says that it's a, it was a formation. There was a process. But all of that meant nothing until what? It says God breathed into man, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Boom! Adam stood up. Boom! Woo! Can't you just see me right now getting asked to teach all the kindergarten classes in this county? That concept. 
you're a teacher, they'd run me out. Can you imagine me in a kindergarten class saying, and God, the almighty God, formed man, you, man out of the dust of the ground. And then he looked at this creation, and then he breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. Boom! Adam got up, a full-grown man. How old are you, Adam? I was created yesterday. I'm one day old. That's unbelievable. But it's the truth. Spiritual birth is the same way. Boom! The Holy Ghost comes in. Boom! New creation, new creature, new life was never there before. Boom! I came from a monkey. Took me millions of years to get here. It's kind of funny how that these concepts weave their weave themselves into the fabric of doctrine in the world's churches. Never, never let that thing get in you. That new birth is this big, long, drawn-out thing. or Boom! On the day of Pentecost. Boom! Sudden. What, is it, what does the Bible say? Suddenly. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. Waiting for it. Day two. Oh, Lord, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. Day three. We're waiting for it. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Boom! The power of the Holy Ghost fell. Peter preached to Cornelius. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking. Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11. He's talking and talking and talking to the household of Cornelius. Household. He's talking to several people. Talking, talking about Jesus. Talking about the power of God. Boom! The Holy Ghost fell. Boom! While he yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell. Boom! Sudden and conspicuous. The Jews that were with him go, Whoa! That's what happened back to us at the day of Pentecost. The same thing's happening to Gentiles. Woo! Don't be so excited. Boom! That's the way it happens. A man or woman, boy or girl, can look at Jesus and say, I surrender. I give you my life. Lord, you can have her from here on out. America, we always yell about our rights. I have my rights. I have my rights. When you finally come to Jesus, you say, I'm going to surrender all my rights to you. That's when it happens. As long as I hold back my rights and I yell about my rights, preacher, I got rights. 
Pastor, I got right. You can't say that anymore. Quit preaching that. Delete that from your stuff. Because I have rights, don't you know? I can do with my body whatever I want to. That's what the mantra is of the world today. And Jesus says, well, then you'll never be a follower of me. Because you have to deny yourself, which means disowning self. Taking up your cross, that means you choose to find a place of death of your old man and follow me. I want to follow Jesus because cool things happen. Well, Jesus didn't last long. (laughs) You guys, Jesus didn't last long. Three years and a half of ministry, and they killed him. Put him in a grave, third day, comes back out. Can't keep a holy man down. You can't keep a holy man in the grave. Power of resurrection brought that body back to life. Jesus came out, spent 40 days, and then disappeared. See, I told you, he's gone. So how are you going to follow him? He knew very well you couldn't follow him because he was leaving. He talked to people on earth while they were following him, and he spoke about following. But you know what he was really teaching them throughout his ministry? I'm leaving. He says, it's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, then I won't be sending the Holy Ghost power. But when I leave, I'm going to the holy city. I'm going to the tabernacle not built with men's hands. I'm going to a place where there is power and authority. And I'm going to sit down. (laughs) And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, here it is. I've got the Holy Ghost power right here. And I'm going to pour it out. Not many days hence. I've got to get out of here. And when it comes, you're going to know it comes. Because you're going to receive power. It's not gradual power. It is power from on high. It'll hit you in an instant. It'll hit you suddenly when you desire to surrender all of your life. That's when it happens. Hallelujah. What a shame it is for us to... Tell people false doctrine. Tell them, well, you know, you'll get there eventually. You'll be a monkey for a while. You'll be an amoeba. You know, you're going to be a tadpole. You're going to be a froggy. Man, you, you might stay in that frog stage for a while. Ribbit, ribbit. So what stage are you in? What stage are you in? Are you a one-cell amoeba or a frog spiritually? Or are you a new creature in Christ Jesus? A new creation. Well, we're going to have to grapple with this. We've got to grapple with this. It says old things are passed away. <laughs> that means the old life's gone. And behold, evolution has begun. Evolution has begun. False doctrine. Kick it out. It says all things have become new. Yep, that's what it says. Well, Brother Duffy, how are we going to get there? Or are we already there? What are we missing? 
Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1. We'll go through just a few passages today. Paul said to the church, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That God's grace will get bigger and bigger? Is that what we're supposed to do? Shall we continue in sin that the grace of God gets bigger? Next verse, please. God forbid. That actually means no. No. Now look. This is what we have to grapple with right here. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So what's the key in this verse? Dead to sin. People that are dead, you walk up to a casket, you touch them, no response. At least we hope. No response. You can talk to them, no response. Tell them a joke, they don't laugh. Jiggle them, say, wake up, nothing. Dead to sin. That means when we're tempted, something comes and pokes us, tempts us, talks to us, we're dead. No response. See, that's the starting point of walking with Jesus Christ. The death of the old man. So the devil wants to introduce doctrines so that we'll believe in evolution instead of creative power. Because if he can get us to believe in evolution, then we'll just do what? Always be looking forward to the time that we can be mature and do the right thing. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? What he's saying is, if you're dead to sin, you won't live in sin. You may be seated. Next verse. Know ye not? Look at it. That so many of us as were baptized, here we go, water baptism, baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death. What kind of death did he have? It was a grueling affair. He went to the garden and he said, let this cup pass from me because all humans want self-preservation, right? He said, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't want to die and take the sin of the world upon myself. Can you imagine taking all of our sins upon yourself on the cross? I think I would want to avoid that too. Jesus prayed three times and he finally said, now listen, he said, nevertheless, not my will or the will of flesh, but thy will be done. So that's the death that we're entering into when we're baptized with Jesus Christ. We also have to say, I surrender all my rights, all my privileges. I am now yours totally. That's the only way to have new life. It'll never be gradual. Because if you say, let's just say these steps are, if you say, it's true holiness is at the top, 
and say, let's get there. Okay, where are you at? Well, I'm here. So is that okay? Well, sure. You're on the way up. Sure, it's okay. So this step is okay. Right here is okay. This is true holiness, which is total separation from sin. Up here is total separation from sin and dedication to the process of giving your life for God to use your body as he so fits. So somebody would say, okay, so this first step right here, am I okay here? Well, yes, brother, you're, I'm not going to criticize you. How about this one? Oh, good. You're moving. You're getting there. Well, how about if I get here and you told me it was okay down there? I'll let loose for a couple of days. Because they told me I was okay here. Because I can always go that way too, you know. So which step is okay? It would have to be a miracle for me to get from here to up there. Want to see? You guys know it would be a miracle for me to launch from here and get there. That's why we need the Holy Ghost power. We do it on our own. This is what we look like. Sunday service, woo, hallelujah. Sunday, Monday. Well, that was fun. Ooh, I don't feel good about that, though. I shouldn't have said that. God told me not to say that. So Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. You know what witness is? A person that gives proof, gives evidential proof that Jesus actually has you. And the world oftentimes sees this. They'll say, well, that's no different than us. But when they see somebody, boom, transform. Wish I could fly up here. They go, how did he get up there? How did he get up there in one fell swoop? Boom. He quit cussing. He quit drinking. He quit smoking. He quit stealing. He quit lying. He quit cheating. How do you do that in one day? How? Boom. It was like something transformed his mind, transformed his life. So we have to grapple with this. So many of us that were baptized were baptized into the death. Next verse, please. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also what? Should, doesn't mean you're forced to, 
You should walk in newness of life. I'm up here. I'm walking up here. Newness of life. I go down when I do what? Drawn away of my own lust and enticed. And then I move on to the staircase again. Here I go. Up and down and up and down. Sunday I go like this. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. But then it's back on this. Jesus says, stay up here. The power, I've given you power to stay up here. But you also have free will. You can do whatever you want. But I've given you power. And if you go back to the old man, the old nature, you'll be back on the steps again. But you've got to get up on the platform. Like as Jesus is raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk. That means our lifestyle, what we're doing, our motivations is what? In newness of life. Next verse. Woo, hallelujah. For if, 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 that's a conditional word. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, that means if we have really given our rights over to him. See, you can do that. You can say, well, we want people to come join the church. You can't just join the church by coming. You have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. In the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Next, please. Knowing this, look at this, that our old man is what? Crucified with him. It doesn't say evolution. It says is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be, the step walking could be destroyed. You don't just eliminate 10% of the sins of your life. You don't just eliminate 50%. Because if you start saying that, well, it's 50, well, leave him alone. He, at least he's got 50. Don't ever leave anybody alone. We all need to look at ourselves first in the mirror and say, am I doing everything Jesus wants me to do? If the answer is no, we need a supernatural move on our lives. Hallelujah. We need the Holy Ghost power to hit our lives again and transport us up here so we can walk right and live right and do right by the power of the Holy Ghost because the old man will keep you down here wandering around in a wilderness. But oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost power that is greater than man's old nature. Our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. Well, at least I haven't, I'm not doing everything I used to do. You see, after a while, that's what happens. In 1986, I worked in Florida in a bank. Occasionally, they would send the shuttles. That was during the shuttle program. What I did is I walked out to watch the shuttle take off. I decided, hey, I'm not busy. I think I'll watch the shuttle. I walked out of the bank branch because I was in the same county, Brevard County, where the, the thing goes up, and I stood. There it was. It started to come up. I watched it in 1986, go up with my eyes. After a while, I was going... Okay, that doesn't look right. All of a sudden, I saw things splitting. I said, uh-oh. I, I wasn't for sure. 
I went back in the branch and all of a sudden all the news starts coming. The Challenger shuttle has exploded. Over the years, they had determined, and it, it was years before when they had these outside, these two outside booster rockets. They had O-rings, big O-rings around the sections to keep the gas inside. They needed to have some flexibility to it at ignition because there's quite a boom, you know, when that thing ignites. And so it had to have some, some flexibility, so they put these big O-rings, but they knew from the very beginning that they weren't adequate, that there was blow-by. They had a, two, a two-tiered system, and they knew it was blowing through parts and when they got them back and they looked at them, they kept saying, well, it's, we've ne- we've, but we've never had a catastrophe. So what they did was they had a deviation from what the norm should be. They had a deviation, but they decided to allow the deviation. And so for launch after launch after launch, they recorded that there was a deviation in all of those flights just about. There was many of them that had this problem. On the day the Challenger exploded, they had a photograph taken. When that thing ignited, there was a puff of gray smoke that came out of the one solid rocket booster. There was a picture. It's still on the launch pad. A big plume right there was the issue. And it went up. You could see in other photographs that there was fire now coming out of that where that plume of gray smoke, that's not where fire is supposed to come out of. Then it started to disintegrate the thing. Then you have an explosion, and then it's catastrophic. So what they did is they took something that was out of the norm, out of the standard, and made it normalized. They normalized it. But they they didn't know about this part, that when it got cold that night before, there was actually, I remember at the bank, there was ice in Florida, Central Florida, brother, there was ice on the shrubberies on that morning. And I was like, wow, I've never seen ice on the shrubberies down here from the sprinkler system. It caused those O-rings to get more rigid instead of pliable. That was the final factor that caused the rigidity to let that blow past. And they had an event that killed lives. Because they took a deviation from what it should have been. There was a deviation from the standard. And they made it normal. A deviation from the standard. The standard's up here. But somebody told me it's okay to be down here at 50%. So we've normalized the steps. Now it's normal. To be down here. It's okay. It's okay, brother. We know that you're doing this. Sister, we know you're doing this. But it's okay. No, it's not. Not for me or you or none of us. Let's don't normalize the steps as being kind of there. At least we're working on it. I've noticed in my own life when I say, well, I'm working on it, that means I don't want to. Because I have all the power I need to get up here. The power of the Holy Ghost gets me up here and will keep me up here. 
then by, somebody always wants to throw out, yeah, but. So you want to normalize it? Okay. That's what we've done in world history. That's what we've done in church history. We've normalized this. To where now it's normal. And now look at organizations all over the world that now have sin, rampant sin in their churches because they normalize the deviation from the standard. Here's the standard. The word is holiness. Holiness, you guys, everybody goes all crazy. Holiness is really two things. It means separated from sin. That doesn't mean a few dangling threads. It means separation from sin and dedication to what? God's purpose for your life. So you surrender all your will and your standard. You say, Lord, I give everything to you. I will do everything you say. That's where the people come in and say, well, that's not possible. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, just a few verses here. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. We don't talk like that, but that's the old King James. Gird up, that means get a hold of what? Your mind. And be sober. Don't let anything addict, don't become addicted to things, pleasures, whatever. And hope, oh, what's that supposed to be? Hope, two, thank you. Hope to, back there it just says, oh, hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Check this out. As obedient children. Church, we're supposed to be obedient children up here. We can't normalize partial obedience. So, you know, sometimes I feel so, sometimes I feel, I struggle preaching today because it's like people are looking at you like, you can't be up here all the time. You, you know, you're going to go down here. So see what we're doing is we're normalizing this. So if it's not possible to ever be here, then what are we doing? So you, when you preach and teach, you feel forced to tell people, oh, it's okay. But we have to catch ourselves and say, no. If I know something's wrong, I've got to deal with it. I've got to face it and change my mind and direction and Allow the Holy Ghost power to help me. As obedient children. You see, obedience actually implies what? That there is actually a command. When we receive the Holy Ghost, it leads us and guides us. It will never lead you to be partially right with God. Never. 
Holy Ghost will always keep you up here. Well, Brother Duffy, no one's done that. Nobody can do it. Nobody's ever been that way. Well, then let's just quit. I say, no, let's don't listen to that junk. Let's don't normalize down here. Let's just say, hey, let's just get here. Well, I'm disobedient in a couple of things. Well, change it. I can't. You see, I, I feel forced to normalize this behavior down here all the time. But I, I'm sorry, I can't. Even for myself, I can say, well, how about you? Well, if I'm down here, I'm still not right. I got to get up here where I'm obedient. Obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the what? Look at the word former. You know what that means? That's the old life. The former lust in your ignorance. But we don't have ignorance if we have the power of the Holy Ghost. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. It's not just theory. When we walk out these doors, the Holy Ghost will be with us. It'll be with us this afternoon. It'll be with us tonight at midnight when the devil comes along with old habits. Former lust in your ignorance. Next verse, please. But as he which hath called you is holy. That means he's separated from sin. So be ye holy in what? Oh, let's normalize. Let's normalize the deviation here. It doesn't say that. It says all manner of conversation. Well, I feel guilty. Well, what am I supposed to do if you feel guilt? And you say, well, pastor, you know, can you give me a break here? And the pastor says, I'm patient, but I'm still, I've still got to preach the truth. I'm patient and kind, but I still have to tell you, we all got to stay here. We have no business wandering around in partial stuff. Jesus already said you can't serve two masters. You can't normalize deviation from what God wants. It's all manner of conversation. That means all manner of lifestyle. Next verse. Hallelujah, this is the Bible. Because it is written, be ye holy. He didn't say become holy gradually like an evolutionary process. He said be. It's be holy. There's a difference between being and becoming. Adam, boom! Holy Ghost, boom! You must be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Ye must be born again, born from above. Boom! Brand new life. Holy Ghost power. All you need to serve God. Be holy for I am holy. Why would God give a command to be holy if it wasn't possible? Somebody said, well, I can't, I can't figure it out. Then get the Holy Ghost. Surrender your rights. Say, I no longer have any rights. God, I'm going to let you guide and direct my life. My body is yours. Take me. Use me. Next verse, please. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect to persons judgeth according to every man's work, past this time, past this time of your sojourning here in what? Fear of what? There's always a judgment for sin. That's what we have to fear. Next verse. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation 
received by the tradition of your fathers. That's not what you're saved by. Next, how are you saved? But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot. A lamb what? Without spot, without blemish, and without spot. Woo! Ha! Woo! Glory! Jesus says, here's where I want you. Without spot or blemish. That's not possible. That's because you've been listening to the normalization of, of a deviance. I'm going to deviate. Let's normalize that. See if the devil can get us to normalize that. It'll take over. Woo! It'll just take over. That's why we have to keep preaching. Get, get here. Get here. Without spot, without blemish. Get your life right and keep it right. Well, I can't. Yes, you can. Well, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Woo. Yes, you can. Prove it. Oh, okay. Next verse, 10. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Next. Who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be where? In God. Next verse. Hallelujah. Sing ye have purified your souls. What does that mean? Well, I'm still down here. I'm still working on it. No, you purified your soul. How? By obeying the truth through the Spirit, through the Holy Ghost, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Not fake. That means no fake. Love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Next verse. Being what? Born again. Not of corruptible seed. Hallelujah. This is corruptible seed down here. This is corruptible seed. Yeah. But by the incorruptible, incorruptible, by the what? Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Next verse. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Next verse. Look at it. But what? The word of the Lord endureth how long? Forever, And this is the word which the gospel is preached unto you. One more area. And then we can go home and have dinner. Everybody ready? Ephesians 4.17 Ephesians 4.17. Paul said to the church, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Next verse. Having the understanding darkened. Look at that. Understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Next verse. Who being past feeling. No longer tender to the moving of the spirit. Having given themselves over to lasciviousness. Once you leave this spot right here. You have no idea where you'll go. Believe me. I know. (laughs) Once you leave this spot you have no idea where that will take you. 
So don't normalize anything down here. Oh, I got one thing I'm working on, Pat. Well, then deal with it. Face it and deal with it. Because you got to stay here. All to work all uncleanness. Look at that. And greediness. Next, please. But ye have not. I have not learned this from Christ. Next verse. If so be that ye have heard him. Have you heard him? And have been taught by him. As the truth is in Jesus. Is Jesus inside of you? Your teacher and your director. Are you listening? Have you heard him? Next one. That ye put off. What, what, what is he telling you? Put off concerning the former lifestyle or conversation. The old man put it off. You know, what does put off mean? Take it off and chuck it. Which is what? Corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Get rid of that. Don't live in it and don't normalize it. Because you'll have a church full of people degrading. Because they always think that it's okay here, it's okay here. It's, it's not okay. Put off the former conversation. Next verse. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There it is. You want to get up here and stay here? Make sure your mind's right. The Holy Ghost is the only thing that can renew your mind. And the devil wants to get into our mind and build strongholds so we'll wander around down where we're not supposed to be and make excuses. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Next verse. And that ye put on the what? New man, which after God is created in what? That means right living and... Oh, wow, I threw a word in there. True holiness. That means the genuine article. Right here. Jesus says, throw off the old lifestyle and get the new life. But it can only happen by the transformation of your mind. Hallelujah. And that's the true holiness. One last verse and we'll be done for, ready for dinner. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. I don't want to normalize a deviation from true holiness. Right? You guys are way too excited. You know why? I'll just explain it while she's putting this up. Romans chapter 12. Here's, here's what makes it. You can come in and you can preach. You can preach and you can say, God's going to give us victory. We're going to another level. God's going to give us victory. God's going to give us victory. God's going to give us victory. And we're all going, woo! So we've normalized something there, haven't we? God's going to, God's going to, God's going to. So you preach something like this and nobody's screaming and jumping and running the aisles because everybody's going, I got work to do. I like it better when we can just jump and shout and say, the new level's coming. I'm going to a new level. Well, what's wrong with the level that you're on right now? 
I'm going to a new level. Woo, come on, let's go to a new level. Woo, let's go to a new Jesus says, there's only one level for my people, and that's all the way down. What I mean by that is total surrender. And that puts you on the top. Greatness is when you surrender everything. Paul says, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your what? Body. Your actual body as a living sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. What is it? Holy. Separated from sin, right? Separated sin, and my life is now totally yours. God, whatever you want to do with me. Well, if I say that to God, what step is he going to put me on? Top step every time. I know that's hard to swallow. Our people, people sitting in this room right now are saying, I don't know about that. Don't listen to the other false doctrine. This is true that I'm speaking to you today. Jesus wants us to live here. He will never lead us into partial obedience. Never. Well, I've been working on my attitude for 40 years. Well, then get the Holy Ghost. Get transformed by the renewing of your mind. Surrender yourself. Present your body. Say, Lord, my body, that's my brain, that's my eyes, that's my ears. Everything is yours. Present your bodies as a what? Living sacrifice? Holy, acceptable unto God. Which is your what? Reasonable service. So that actually could be worship. This is worship to present your body to be used by God. Next verse, which is two. And be not conformed. This is our last verse. What does it say? Be not conformed to this. Be not conformed to this world. Don't spend all your time saying, I'm moving to a new level. I'm going up. I'm going up. So are you all right on the one? Yeah, God doesn't care if I'm here. Yes, he does. He never wants partial obedience. Finishing up. Be not conformed to this world. But be what? Anybody know about transformation? What that really is? Boom. Transformed by what? The renewing of the mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and doesn't say that, does it? No, tell me it doesn't say that. Oh. Perfect will of God. Pastor Austin Gilliland, when he first took the pastorate, he preached a message about the mind. And how our mind has to be right. The reason why it's so strong in me today is because God just brought it to my attention. And I remember walking up to pastor, and I said, Brother, what you preached about today, about the mind, having the right mind, I said, that is going to be the theme of your pastorate here. You remember me talking to you? I said, that is going to be the theme of your pastorate here at Kinderville. We have to have the right mind. Otherwise, we're going nowhere here. 
But if we have the mind of Christ, then we'll be able to be here and our lives will be presented to God. Lord, use me. I surrender all my rights. It's now yours. Let's stand together today. If you would like to thank God for the word today, let's thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for understanding today. Thank you, Lord, for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we're in need of you, Lord. God, we have a big responsibility resting upon us. God, help us. We have a responsibility. In the name of Jesus. So where are you at? Say, well, I'm on a step of disobedience. Well, just let's just take care of it. Let's just take care of it. We're going to have to learn in the apostolic movement that victory is not spending time in an altar and not altering our life. We've got to learn that. We've got to learn that Sunday is not the time to just get a hold of God and ask Him to forgive us for our weekly sins and then stay on the steps. We've got to get away from that. Somehow, Lord, help us. So that's not just an emotional trip on a Sunday. And then on Monday, we're wondering once again because somebody told us, well, brother, it's okay. It's okay. You just need to move to a new level. And Jesus is saying, no, I've given you power to stay here. I've given you power. Can you imagine trying to tell God, boy, I sure wish you would have given me enough power. He's going to say, oh, man, what's today's date? Can you imagine saying to God, you didn't, you didn't give us enough power. Jesus looked at you like this. Weren't you in church May 22nd, 2022? When my servant gave you the word? About don't normalize the steps. Don't make that norm the norm for the church. Make this the norm for the church. Yeah. We've already had an altar call. I should say, we've already had these altars full. 